He's a killing Missouri. I'm Reggie Bailey. This is Books of Pop Culture. But before we get into our thank yous, like we usually do, we actually I'm gonna pass it off to young Achilles Missouri himself to talk about something cool we got going on right now. Yes, yes. We we you know we've been thinking of ways to to continue to show our love and support for what we biasly and objectively believe is the best in bookish communities, the fellowship, none other than, right? And so we decided we start by giving back continuously. So this month, this month, our first monthly giveaway, we're giving away one copy of Night Crawling by Layla Motley. And a $30 Visa gift card so you go get another book, right? So the rules are you must be following Books Are Pop Culture on Instagram and subscribe on YouTube. You like the post wherever you see it, and then you put done on that joint, right? Of course, you got to tag one of your homies that you think should be doing the same thing that you just did, right? Yeah. Type done in the comments so we can get a list, compile a list, so we can put it in the little spin the wheel, right? And then we're going to let you know who wins on that Wednesday, right? The giveaway ends Tuesday, August 30th, 2022, and is affiliated with no one, no other entity other than Books Are Pop Culture. That's right. That's right. And you're you're probably hearing this Monday morning. Yeah. Um, So go ahead and enter that giveaway now. Yes. So that you can win now. Yes. All right. We do not ship outside of the United States unless your name is Letty. Yeah. Shout out to you, Letty. <laughs> you, we will ship wherever you are, Letty. Should you win, Letty? We will yes. ship there. <laughs> wherever you are. Now, um, back to uh, normal uh, proceedings. Um, Achilles, how are you feeling? Yo, man, you know, uh, blessed and highly flavored. I'm really feeling like this is going to be a really efficient work week. And yeah. by, when I say work week, that is always encompassing my work as in like my job, but also the work of this, uh, BAPC, yeah. you know, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm feeling really, I don't know, maybe I'm well rested. You know, I got some good rest last night. How about, how about you? How you feel? Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good, man. I'm loving the process right now. Mm-hmm, that's, that's, mm-hmm. that's it. Um, just trying to, uh, try to be a little better each day, man. I can't complain. Word, word. Hey, and, uh, thank you to the fellowship as always. Thank you to first time listeners, last time listeners and everyone in between first time viewers and last time viewers too. Um, you could be anywhere in the world right now, but you are here with us. We do not take that for granted. So thank you. It, it, it means the world. Um, you, you might be seeing us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, whole bunch of places, right? If you're on those places, subscribe, leave a five-star review, follow us, like us, comment. You know, definitely, definitely tell someone, you know, whether it's your social media community, your your, your parents, your siblings, your friends your lover who cares right tell someone that you spend time with books pop culture and that you enjoyed yourself um i shout out the fellowship every week first because the fellowship is the amazing community that achille referenced earlier that we biasly and objectively believe is the best in bookish communities um it's our amazing patreon community where you can join you could support us right the most dynamic duo in the bookish landscape you can receive access to bonus BAPT, bonus B 
BAPC content every month, and you get us one step closer to doing books of pop culture for a living. Um, to support us and to be down with the fellowship, you go to patreon.com slash books of pop culture. Um, there's this really cool thing we do each month, which is discuss a book, right? The in the books that we discuss are good books. Um, the next good book that we're gonna discuss is called We Cast a Shadow by Maurice Carlos Ruffin. Um, the episode for this will air uh this Thursday, actually. Um, and I believe that is September 1st. So the August book of the month is We Cast a Shadow by Maurice Carlos Ruffin, and the episode airs on September 1st. Sorry for the mishap, but you know, it's that's that's what we do here sometimes. Uh, the September book of the month is called The Known World by yep. Edward P. Jones. It's a masterpiece. So yeah. you should read it with us. And yeah, simple as that, right? Um, the episode where we discuss this is going to air on September 29th, 2022. Um, so once again, just a quick recap. The August book of the month is We Cast a Shadow by Maurice Carlos Ruffin. The episode airs this Thursday, uh, September 1st, 2022. The September book of the month is The Known World by Edward P. Jones. And that episode will air on September 29th, 2022. Feel free to purchase those books or any other book that you want to buy from the Books of Pop Culture Bookshop, which is bookshop.org slash shop slash Books of Pop Culture. Um, Keely, I think it's uh, time for us to get into the, the, the fun now, right? Let's get it. Yeah, so... We want to talk about how to get a book published. Um, yeah. And the, the reason why we want to talk about that is because Jessamine Chan, who is the author of The School for Good Mothers. Oh, y'all didn't think I had a copy. <laughs> not playing, I think I had one. But uh, on, yeah, The School for Good Mothers. Um, she recently put out a piece in the New York Times that's called How to Get Published. A book's journey from very messy draft to a bestseller, right? Yes, yes. Um, well, actually, it's by Kate Dwyer. Sorry. But it's following the journey of Jessamine Chan, um, who spent five years drafting um, her novel, which is, you know, a New York Times bestseller. It's a Read with Jenna book club pick. And it's also longlisted for the Center for Fiction first novel prize, uh, the 2022 edition of it. Um and you know this 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 piece it's interesting because it it's familiar it's familiar in the sense like we've had the opportunity to speak to plenty of authors um here here at books of pop culture right we've even had the opportunity to speak to an acquiring editor here at books of pop culture um and the piece kind of like reaffirmed i think what we've heard right um yeah so yeah. I'll start off by asking you like what uh what do you think just about about the piece? It definitely reaffirmed um you know some of the things that we had uh that we talked about when um we had um uh what's my what's my guy's name? Uh, you're done, you know? you're done, you're done, yeah. When we had you done on um but then also some things that we've just heard, you know, too, just around uh the industry. I think um, what I one of the things that I really enjoy is Jessamine is one of those folks who is not tapped in, 
you know? And so we've been kind of discussing that here and there on, I think like the last two episodes, but these people who exist, who have no interest, right. In um, like being kind of tapped into one facet of the media, right. Cause Jasmine probably watches the news or something, you know, you get where I'm going here. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and her journey uh, from, you know, from first draft, uh, to kind of you know to to drop in one of the one of the best selling books is is great because like she says in the end I like people to know that it's possible for a debut author in her forties a woman of color a mom who led a quiet life offline with no brand building whatsoever to have this experience now of course when you're reading this and I know you probably did the same thing it probably won't be this smooth for everyone. And it wasn't necessarily smooth for her, but I'm just saying it probably won't be this smooth for everyone who because I think it's it's still something to be said about someone who does have a brand versus someone who doesn't when you're when you're in this particular space. Um, those are those were some of my first thoughts, you know, um, and then I. At first, as I was kind of going through it, I was wondering if she had a completed draft, too, because that's something I hear a lot of people wonder about, uh, whether you should query without the complete draft. Uh, but it seems like she did when you get in a little deeper. She had one there. She just queried first. They requested the manuscript, and then she was like, boom, who you thought I had? I'm done. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, those are some of my first thoughts. What are your kind of first thoughts? Um, Just kind of like going back to what I was saying initially, just introducing the topic, it's like okay these people you know when they when they talk to us they're not lying you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah, like yeah. they they telling us the truth they telling yeah. us and 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 you know um and and, and let me say this i think it's important i wouldn't expect them to lie right mm-hmm. but just like oh the story is consistent <laughs> yeah, yeah you know yeah, there you go yeah, yeah. It's consistent everyone has a similar story yeah and they tell it right yeah. and um they tell it to us and that's Word. cool that's really cool um I guess the the thing I couldn't help but think about, and I don't know if this is the pessimist in me, and, I, and I'm I'm kind of repeating you here too, but I was like, this is a success story, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and, and for all intents and purposes, right? Like yeah. I um, at least on the surface, because mm-hmm. I don't know how you know Jessamine feels yeah. about all this. I don't I don't you know we 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 haven't spoken to her or anything like that, um, but. On the surface, you're 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 long listed for a prize, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a pretty well known one. I, I would like to think um, you're, you're definitely in a well known, you know, book club. Um, mm-hmm. You're on the second biggest publisher, right? And um, you have a really dope agent. It seems like too, because you know um, her her agent Kafel uh, Simonov, mm-hmm. right, represents. Nana Kwame Ajibrinya, mm-hmm. right? Dante mm-hmm. Moniz, Jocelyn Nicole Johnson, Brandon Taylor, right? Books that you're, you know, these authors are, you know, the people who wrote books you're familiar with, like Friday Black, Milk mm-hmm. Blood Heat, Ma Monticello, Real Life, right? Among others. Um, you know, you, you get a good agent. And, and I guess, like, one thing that I will say I learned for sure is the agent and honore shout out to honore jeffers right look mm-hmm. you know only the national books Crick circle winning author of the love song of wb the boys just in case you don't know who that is mm-hmm. um you know uh extraordinary poet you know among other things uh mm-hmm. just in case you you're not familiar 
Um, she was talking about the importance of an agent, right? Yeah. Um, I remember during like one of the early lives of books pop culture, um, she she jumped on briefly and just wax poetic about how important the agent is and how you know when we have conversations about like getting a book in the world, you got to talk about an agent. And yeah. this piece, it, it took me too long to connect this dot. But this piece helped me realize, like, yo, literary agents are just like sports agents. Yeah. Yeah. Just like them. Because they negotiate your advance, right? They mm-hmm. they probably negotiate the structure around your deal just in general, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but what what I what I got to thinking about though was could because right now in football. Lamar Jackson, who is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, is currently having issues with his team, the Baltimore Ravens, in terms of, like, contracts. And he is his own agent. Mm. So I got to thinking, you know, I know you're writing a novel, and I'm not trying to, like, you know, I wouldn't even advise you to put your business out there, right? So I'm just going to use your name as an example. Mm -hmm. I couldn't, if if Achille Naziri wanted to get published by Simon and Schuster, just like mm-hmm. Jessamine Chan. Why couldn't Achille Nazuri and shout out to Leroy agents? Mm-hmm. Why couldn't Achille Nazuri represent himself though? Like Lamar Jackson does. Yeah. You know, that's just something that I thought of. And, and, and of course that's just one of the layers of the gates, right? Yeah. The yeah. gates that keep. Yeah. I think, um, so yeah, as a part of the gates, um, I think, you know, there, there's always that element, right? Um, when you think about um, athletes, artists, um, various folks, right? And I think the the, the comeback to that is, right? Um, I don't know those people to get in those doors, right? I don't know. Um, I don't know what's kind of selling, right? And sometimes that can be a gift and a curse, right? It's, it's you know, we've seen it again in those two industries where, Okay, yeah, you don't know those folks, right? Um, who keep those gates? Um, but is that so much work that you shouldn't do it, right? Like you, you'll hear. Um, I'm thinking of like what Chance the Rapper's done, what Russ has done. You know, for a little bit more work, you get a little bit more uh, power type thing, right? Uh, and now you become the person who those folks talk to, so there's no like possibility of things getting muddled. Uh, by by the middleman so that that i think that that is a that is a question i know sometimes uh i want to say um and disha if you're listening please of course correct me but uh she disha is one of those folks who was kind of telling uh at least me and just in passing uh in various conversations i've seen and and i think i want to say robert too but just the importance of an agent who is a good agent so that things so that they can know what you need to do in terms of movie rights in terms of et cetera, et cetera, prior. And then a lot of times you need a lawyer who is a good lawyer, right? Again, so that they can know what rights in terms of international rights, et cetera, et cetera, uh, to go after. So those would be the things, but again, right? How much more work is that? If you are someone who has that time too, in terms of not like time at your leisure, but in terms of, I don't know. Like, for instance, when D. Watkins was talking, you know, a, a part of that what makes what D. Watkins is talking about so special is 
there's this nuance of this idea that yo this is the shot almost like when you're a rapper like this is the shot you know do you do you say to yourself i can go get that bag or i could get this bag and keep it g i already know how i move i'm gonna flip that and make it do what it do so i wonder how many how many coming authors are looking at it like this is the shot right um and if if you're looking at it like that you probably want to go get an agent you know what i'm saying yeah but if you're like someone like for instance like just i feel like you know from reading this because i don't feel like this is one of those piercing write-ups but yeah. doing the work of really getting to know this person right but it sounds like you know my girl was kicking it. She 40. She kicking it. She, you know, my husband, you know, software engineer or something. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I write in my spare time. Probably could have, like, did this on 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 her own, possibly, right? Just given, just given the look around. So that's a good question. Yeah. Why, can't, and why not? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, it was just a thought that came to my mind, right? Because, mm -hmm. like, and, and that's why it's important, at least for me, to whenever I can mm -hmm. to relate something to sports. Like last week, shout out to Chanello forever. When I was talking about like the big five kind of emulating um, the power five in college football. Right. Mm -hmm. And fittingly, I had another football analogy this week. Mm -hmm. um, but what's going on with you, dog? Hey, man, you know, <laughs> I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, Dante would be proud of me. Yeah. Um, way, Dante would be very proud of me. Um, another thing that I, I like, right and and it made me just understand like um yadon's disposition more when we had mm -hmm. him on um last mm -hmm. year um we'll put a link to that in the show notes by the way too mm -hmm. um the the fact that the acquiring editors the acquiring editors are often the first and the mm -hmm. toughest readers yeah yeah and i was like i really like the emphasis on toughest readers because I feel like so many of, of us, like, well, I'll speak for me. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not a tough grader, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you a curve. Like, like if you, if you got a, if you got a 76, I might round you up to 80, man. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the type of reader I am. I like most books that I read. It's rare that you hear me read a book and I don't at least like it. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong. There's beloved, then there's literature, right? Like, I understand, like, there's levels to, like, writing. But the mm -hmm. same token, I like most books I read. Yeah. Um, And I feel like an acquiring editor might say, I don't. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right? And I kind of want to know, like, what an acquiring editor is looking for, right? Like, what what makes a book a bad book to them? Like, how come I like this book and I want to scream from the mountaintops about how much I like it, but you don't even think it's worth publishing? That MSWL hashtag that's in the Chan uh, essay about uh, like the manuscript wish list, right? Like, so, you know, like the Adon used to, I haven't seen it in a grip, but just be like, you know, who, who out there is writing a book um, this is not, Don's much better at this than me, but you know, who out there is writing a queer novel about someone who drives and operates the subway, um, the subways, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and he's really good about that. 
and people obviously are responding right and i think people i think there is a space for that not just coming from him right i'm sure other acquiring errors are doing that in various different places probably twitter more so right yeah. um and so that's the thing but then to your point i'm just like you reggie I, I rarely read a book i don't like i think that's a part of the vetting process of choosing books to read um the i like francis prior doing this i i've definitely probably 90 percent of the time didn't read a book that i didn't like right and like now there's just a little bit more variety like purposeful variety in my reading life as opposed to literally you know i, I didn't even check the list so i'm just reading like if i see it yo that's a dope cover um, you yeah. know, I read, I read the back of it, especially in my early time. I read the back of it, open it up. So it ain't about black. I'm putting it back. I'm straight. I'm not even going to put myself in that, in that, right yeah. <laughs> at that point. So I'm with you. And I I wonder how much of a, how much fun that is. I don't know if I think would be, I don't think acquiring editor is something I would want to do. I just yeah. don't think that would be the, the, I think that would change my reading life a little too drastically for me. Yeah. Um, but I probably wouldn't move like I probably wouldn't move like that. I probably would be like, I feel like Hanif as an acquiring editor is probably more my speed in terms of like a, I don't know, like I, I was telling somebody like I feel like Wayne shouldn't drop another album, right? Yeah. I feel like Wayne should be a mythological creature, like um like Andre Three K, yeah. Like I want to be a mythological acquiring editor. You see yeah. me at the party. I'm really not doing anything that everybody else is doing at the party. And then, like, you drop a pin, and I say, yo, that's a very nice pin. And you say, yes, I'm a writer. You know, I want my stuff to be bad. Do you think it would be fun to be an acquiring editor? Um, what kind of acquiring editor do you want to be? I don't know that I would be a good one because everyone would be getting published. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I don't think that the, 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 keeper, the keepers of yeah. gates would want that. Yeah, no, nah, they ain't going to want that. Nah. Right? So... Yeah. I don't know that I have the skill set for that right now, right? Yeah. But yeah. then here's here's another thing too, mm -hmm. because we we might be so I'm I'm gonna backpedal a little bit because we might mm -hmm. be giving the acquiring editor too too much credit. We could in yeah. a way, right? Yeah. Yep. yep. And, and the reason I say that is because usually you're going through an agent first, mm -hmm. so really the agent might be the toughest reader like like the the article says the article yep the Go article ahead. says kate, kate dwyer the author of the article says the acquiring editors are often the first and toughest reader but i wonder if really the agent is the first and toughest reader because if you don't have an agent you're not getting in these big doors right yeah the article said the agent is the first editor yeah you exactly. know what i'm saying and so that's something to be that's and that's something we've heard from all the authors to a certain degree um, that is very important to them when choosing the correct agent. Um, and, you know, uh, Chan went through 12, right? You got Semenov obviously winning, but the article says it was the query sent to 11 other agents as well. So again, I just think there was an opportunity uh, New York times to make this. Uh, so, so this is the thing, this is why we should be the writers for these places, right? this we want more introspection how many how many of them 11 got back with you you know how many you know like i like the part where they said they sent it to several different uh so-and-sos and seven of them said no that's what we want right this was a little um 
fluffy. You know what I mean? Like, what would the negotiation not not the in depth? We don't want to be in the room when the when the meeting happened. But what are the negotiations like this for decisions of of which book club gets get the choice, right? Because that's important. You know, that's why this works. You know, that she didn't wasn't building a brand because this article talks about how important uh, celebrity book clubs are. You know, so if you're someone, there's just a certain level of. Uh, insight that we want that was not necessarily achieved here and that's why i say this is why people like us should be the writers of that and when we do get the opportunity eat us up when we send you that right up back edit the hell out of it make us these folks yeah you know grow us in that way and if there's someone who has been through the classically training uh the classical training model right to be uh you know this type of journalist or or, or writer then give them like i, I just think this could have been much more insightful um, in that regard uh, because that's what I want to know. I want to know those things. Like you said, tell us the, it, it, even though there's a seven year span here, you know, um, the editor moves, right? The editor moves and, and starts doing uh, work with that other company. Yeah. Yeah. Don what Davis you, was the original yeah. editor. Yep. What did you feel like when it happened? Were you like, hey, were you sitting on the couch in your cozy suburban house, right? And you was like, and you, and you dropped the coffee cup. And, and you know, in the movie when the coffee cup goes slow, and then that's what I want. That's what right. I want here at times. Give me more of that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, for, for, so when I, when I see the title and, like, I kind of, like, you know, happened across this, I, I did expect, like, a longer piece. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I, I want to say that. It, mm -hmm. It's quite concise for like the uh, the the what the title gives. You know, mm -hmm. I was kind of thinking it was going to be like kind of like how Publishers Weekly was with all that coverage on the the trial, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and and it wasn't quite that. Um, but nonetheless, um, I do think you know that that the agent piece was important. Um, mm -hmm. you know, the acquiring editors. You you touched on the book clubs. And, and what mm -hmm. I want to mention about the book club is that's so important, mm -hmm. especially as a debut author, right? Like there, there's even a link in this piece to another piece that talked about how there were only five debuts that came out in 2021 that were bestsellers mm -hmm. that were not book club choices. And one of them, shout out to brother of the show, Robert Jones Jr., Mm -hmm. uh, for being one of them, you know, a bestseller without a book club. And, you know, it just goes to show like the, the machine that's at play, the, yeah. the lack of magic, the lack of randomness that exists mm -hmm. in a book being a quote unquote successful. What would you say is maybe your biggest takeaway of all this though? Well, you know, also too, first of all, Kate, you know, based on the article, I, I know they might have given, they might have told you what they kind of wanted you to create and you created it. I'm not at all insinuating that you're not a great writer. I'm just, I was just saying like what I would have wanted from a piece like this. Absolutely. Um, as a Cause reader. Because you're, you're an acquiring, you're an editor. We'll get more into that. Yeah, 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 I feel you. Yeah, you're an editor, you edit, right? You yeah, do that, you know? right? Um. <laughs> Wow, when you said it, I think that was some of the things I was saying too. Yeah, it was, edit was editor esque, I guess, huh? Hey man, you're an editor and you edit. <laughs> Simple. <side>. All right. 
Let's see. Biggest takeaway. I think the biggest takeaway for me. I know because I think this is where the article wanted us to go. I just don't know if I if I really went there willingly. But this idea of, and you know, I want to go here, right? So so this idea that, hey guys, it's cool. You don't have to do what people have been saying you have to do to be what I am. That's that's where I think the article wanted us to go. Mm-hmm. And I am going there kicking and screaming because I know that it's not true. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. like my biggest takeaway. I think there should have been some, we know this isn't the experience for all people of color as well. Um, You know, I, I just think it's a, it's just, it's cute, you know, yeah. and I enjoyed it. Yeah. I just, that's like my biggest thing. Now, in terms of, I mean, you know, I, if I wasn't who I am, I think the biggest takeaway would be uh, like the importance of the agent and the editor, mm-hmm. right? But I was kind of aware of those things prior. Um, I, like I said, I'm really interested in this piece. And we talked about it with someone a while ago. I don't know if it was on air, though. But like what happens when editors move? Because it happens a lot, Right. Who did we talk to about that? We kind of touched it uh, with Damon Young. Because okay, he, yeah. he went from Echo to Pantheon with his editor. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, you know, that's a thing. And I think that's an interesting aside what happens. And then I think we also, or at least I was kind of thinking about it. Who was the lady um, who was kind of under fire for possibly plagiarizing some passages? Uh, Jimmy Bello. Yeah, I think they came up in that too. Um, yeah. You know, um yeah, no, nothing major, major, but that, but that just that concept of, you know, you can just be chilling in your 40s and be a woman of color and a mom yeah. who leads a quiet life offline with no brand building whatsoever. I, I think that that probably, that's just a, so for instance, if I'm an, if I, um, if I'm an agent and I'm agenting uh, and I see this guy, um, J.R.P. Woods killing Missouri as a community already um, who says that they're waiting to see what he writes. He's written, you know, the the poetry, self-published poetry book. I just don't know if another 35-year-old person, a 35-year-old black man from Mississippi who doesn't have a brand, who's just sitting at home, who works offshore. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I, I don't know if he gets the same experience. And I don't know if he gets even looked at before me in that regard yeah um and and you know what what this makes me think of is like relationships that's missing probably from the piece too mm-hmm. like you know maybe a little more of that maybe like okay who exactly do you know like yeah you landed this agent but like was it like on a whim like and, and maybe i'm 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 like kind of like reimagining the article now i'm not like reading it on air again but like you know did someone kind of like hold your hand and walk you to her mm-hmm. you know uh yeah. you know w- what happened yeah. um and then also for me the biggest takeaway is how is this story told if it's like jasmine drain right for those who mm-hmm. don't know jasmine drain 
is the author of what I consider to be a wonderful uh, short story collection called Stateways Garden. It came oh, yeah. out in 2020. Um, and, you know, that book, if you go on Goodreads, uh, it has like 57 reviews. Mm-hmm. Right? Jasmine Chan probably had 57 reviews the first day her book mm-hmm. came out. So, you know, how does this story go if we're talking to Jasmine? Yeah. You know, among yeah. myriad other authors. How does this story go even if we talk to A.J. Verdell, right? Mm-hmm. Who wrote Miss Chloe, one of my favorite books that came out this year. Um, And I checked on Goodreads and that has like, what, maybe 30 reviews right now? 30 something? Mm-hmm. You know, what What does she say, right? So, um, yeah, I guess that is my ultimate takeaway. One other thing I, I did enjoy, it's not a huge thing, but just... uh. Uh, Kafel Semenov said um, about the query and the experience that Chan had a very had a had a clarity of vision. Um, is there one right way to mother? And so that just had me thinking, like, what is the vision uh, for my work? What was the vision like for other folks work that they sent off? You know, um, you know, like when Robert talks about the absence of the queer love story um in in enslaved folks you know what i'm saying what is so what is every i just got to thinking about what is everybody's one-liner you know uh when talking about their work and is that necessary that was something i took away yes and and you walked me into another big takeaway how you need to make sure that your taste aligns with that of your agent mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. um which because a lot of times right we talk about how like, you know, it seems like uh, there are certain topics that are like hot button and depending on the year, right. You may see a lot of stories come out that do this, right. Like mm-hmm. in 2021, there were like several internet novels and that was a thing, right. Yeah. Novels yeah. like no one is talking about this fake accounts. Several people mm-hmm. are typing. Right. So that was a thing. Clearly there was some agent or agents that wanted stories about the internet mm-hmm. and that just shows me like, cause I, I think about even, and we're going to get into this more later, how clearly there was an agent in 82 or just in the eighties in general who wanted like black feminist text. Cause you get, mm-hmm. you know, you get ain't, ain't our woman by bell hooks. You get the women of Brewster place, the color purple, right? You get um woman race and class. So, Clearly, agents determine like what's going to be on the market in, in in very large part, you know. And um, I, I I appreciate this piece ultimately. You know, you gotta you gotta talk about good, bad, and in between, right? You can't just. I mean, of course, you can just rave if you want, but it's nice when you think critically about it. Um, and I I definitely appreciate this piece for being the uh, conversation started that it is. Um, so definitely um, shouts to uh, Kate Dwyer for the for the work she did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out, shout out. Promoting your books. Yeah. So there was this this interesting uh, piece on Lit Hub, uh, which was written by Lauren Akimpora. My apologies if I got that wrong. Um, her novel, The Hundred Waters, just released um, last Tuesday, whatever that, that date was, I think August 23rd. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is also the author of The Paper Wasp, which came out in 2019 and was long listed for the Center for Fiction First Novel Prize. 
Um, so I'm gonna start by saying this piece was excellent. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is. It's like y'all need to read that shit. <laughs> like yeah, straight yeah. like that. It is. It is. It's an excellent essay about how she does not want to promote her books, and <laughs> it didn't. I don't, well, if she doesn't want to promote, it didn't work on me because I ordered a copy of Pixar <laughs> last night. Because <laughs> um, I'm, I'm like, yo, if you writing like this, then I, yeah. I want to see like your your fiction. Mm-hmm. You know, um, what what are we gonna do about authors not wanting to promote their books, man? Yeah, there's a there's a lot of good there's a lot of gems. I feel like this is gonna be just like the last one where we just kind of. Every time we try to leave it, we're going to come back. You know, there's a yeah. lot of gems here. But just, it's, a, I don't know, it's a, it's it's introspective in the way that it is giving the experience of growing into being an author, knowing you were an author all along and knowing and knowing what other authors are feeling when they are, when these requests are being made of them, Right. Um, let me see here. Uh, the 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 part about a writer can have brilliant genius and amazing endurance, but none of it matters if nobody's paying attention. I think that is a bar for art in general, right? Like, you know, there's at, there's at any given time. Um, I won't say that one. I'll say a thousand rappers that are better than Jay Z, right? Mm-hmm. If you are a watcher of the show, you know where I was thinking about going at first. Singers. But I'm That's not going it. there. But um, but th- but at any given time, there are a lot of rappers who are better than Jay-Z, right? At the art of putting the words together, right? But if no one sees it, no one cares, you know? Um, and at any given time, when any of these artists are at top, you can say about Lil Baby, right? There are the tons of folks who have better songs, better lyrics, right? But not but don't have the machine. You know, um, because and the machine gives you that attention that you need so that eyes can be on your art. Um, and so what do you do about that is what this piece is uh, is asking. What do you do about it and how do you feel about it uh, when you know what you got to do about it? You know, <laughs> yeah, man. yeah, you show up. Right. That's what Lauren did. You show up, and you show out. You know what yeah. I'm saying? <laughs> you do. You do. Yeah. And, well, yeah. Go ahead, man. It's just like. I guess what what I'm what I'm wondering is, you know, like Lauren, Lauren was just honest. Mm -hmm. And that's all that's all I want, man. I just want to believe you. Mm -hmm. That's it. Like and it's like this. And it's and it's interesting, too, because, you know, now, you know, I'm thinking about like rap Mm -hmm. and, you know, and rap is entertainment. It, it seems like it's it's real, right? Mm-hmm, it seems mm-hmm. believable, right? But I also wonder, like, you know, is this piece in part like entertainment a little bit, right? Entertainment mm-hmm. as in, you know what? Let me, uh, like, when we were talking to Moses, right? Shout out to Moses um, and all of Groven Ends right behind me, which y'all should read as well. He was talking about how, you know, yeah, like when I write and stuff, I like to take a stance, mm-hmm. you know, and I like to defend it. And this was so interesting because so many 
so many writers will not say, yo, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't really care if even if one reader, even if only one reader read my book, I feel gratified, you know? And it's like, yeah, I feel that. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, did you really put, I'm just going to throw a number out there. Did you really put 10 years into this work so one person could read it? Mm-hmm. Did you really put 10 years into this, which was filled with rejection, which was filled with, you know, the metaphorical blood, sweat, and tears mm-hmm. for you to have one person read your book and review it on Goodreads? Yeah. I don't think you did. I don't believe right. it. I know if if I, even with this, I'm not I'm not getting up here. Sunday morning when we're recording right now, so that one person can hear this. Hmm. If, if if one person hears it, I'm grateful to you. I yeah. love you. Thank you. But tell somebody else to listen to this too. <laughs> Word up. You know, like I, I every week in the beginning of this show, I invite people to join the Patreon and I say. One of our goals is to do this for a living. We can't do this for a living at the current number. We can't. Right? We could, but we wouldn't have the electricity and or the Wi-Fi. Right. And, or yeah. <laughs> right. At, at the at the current number, I have to have another living mm-hmm. along with mm-hmm. this. But I want this to be my living. I want people to listen and I want people to feel like this is worth the investment. And I think they should do this for a living, right? Yeah. Why is it so bad for a writer to say that? Look, the the part um, I, I'll just I'll just read. And yet, deep down, or not so deep, don't all artists, at least sometimes, believe they're geniuses? Doesn't it take mind blowing arrogance to write a book? Don't all creators seek acknowledgement, approval, praise, and yes fame you tell one writer friend that you just want to keep publishing books not be on the today show but don't you she asks well don't you right like glory was spitting like like come on now i wrote it except for instance sister chan seven years write that book nah we finna tour which book club is talking about it because it, it, it it's a feat it is a feat you know what i'm saying it is a feat. And so that level of honesty and entertainment, right? Because that's the thing, right? When, again, to double back. So um, Reggie's going to be uh, cool and calm. Reggie said, Hove has this level of believability, even if it's just a story. Now, and I I take that stab in the heart because I believe every, everything that Jay-Z says is true, right? right. I am a Jay-Z stan. But there are some things that he says that are not true or that are, uh, he's always said hyperbole, right? Right. But then there's also the story of, and Guru was talking about it, of the lore, right? Like we like that, that verse because we know Emory did 10 years, right? We know, you know, we like those, we like those things that old, that, 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 that look back thing. Right. And so I say that to say, we want the same thing from, from you writers, right? Tell me, that's why I said I want to hear where what how did you feel when the editor moved? Did the coffee drop? Did you say, here, get get the baby? You know, 
because that's what it's a it's a we want your book and you yes we want your book and you and so yes for, yes you're a genius because you got it done baby yeah. off top you know what i'm saying and that's something you always said too reggie and one reason you don't um read a lot of good books is for one um and i think this gets lost in the conversation but for one you appreciate the fact that they got it done like you used to say like you get three just for getting it done you know uh you don't and i think that's what makes us good critics is we're not the type some there are some critics who critique because um it's easier right like I, there's a there's a quote about it right like it's easy to say i didn't like this book it's easy to um say i didn't like this book the characters didn't reach me um uh, this book has a guy who is a womanizer and I hate womanizers, right? That's easy work, right? But the work of the work of, you know, really getting in and digging into the pages, that's not what most folks want to do when they're doing the review. They don't want to, you know, and some people come to a book not even looking for the good in it, you know, you know, some people do. They come to a book, they they hear the stuff that's on in the bookstagram streets or whatever you're tapped into and they say, um, Yo, that book is just filthy, and then they go in there to prove that it's filthy, right? Um, but that's what we want. We want the whole story, and like you said, Lauren's honesty and believability, even though we know, for instance, like the first part of this is entertainment. Yeah. You know, when you're having this back and forth, like you know, you're writing this essay about getting attention to get attention, <laughs> right? Like that's that's yeah, we like yeah, yep, yep, I found yep. it charming though, I can't lie, I was charmed, yeah. Yeah. you know, but it, it's it's like but that it's like you were saying in the last piece, you said you want a little more introspection. We got that here. Mm -hmm. And that's why we're like in rave mode right now, because that is even as like consistent readers of literary fiction, we're used to it. So mm -hmm. she even took her literary technique, put it in the nonfiction and, you know, made it like something extra, right? Mm -hmm. Something that we really, and of course it, it probably has to be that way. Cause it's on, lit hub which yeah. just in case you didn't know is short for literary hub mm -hmm. um so yeah I, I just i just really appreciate just this thing where it's like you know i have this reluctance about promoting my book and you know i'm even writing this essay based off like you know advice from the publisher to promote the book and i don't want to do it but at the same token i want people to read my book so, like, it's kind of like, hey, look, on your way to getting to where you're supposed to go, you're going to have to do the quote-unquote bullshit that you don't want to do. Mm -hmm. So let me just do it. Because you got you got one extra sale. I mean, it's it, granted, it was of your, your first novel. Sorry. But you got an extra sale on your work sale, just yeah. because you did the thing you were reluctant to do. Mm -hmm. And it even makes me, like I said, I, I'm, 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 I'm even. I saw myself. Yes, I saw myself in that piece, because, yes, I am a humble and grateful person. But at the same token, I, I know that I want people to hear this. You know, You're already the best. It, you know, yeah, <laughs> right, like, like, yeah. You know, really, really. This you know, is this work is already worthy. It, it's 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 great work, mm -hmm. and and I want people to hear this. Yeah, 
you yeah. know, and and why can't an author say that too? Like, 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 shout out to another brother of the show, Mateo. Mm-hmm. Mateo's rollout, and we were just talking about this. You even got in the shirt, the hat. His rollout was awesome. We, me, and him actually just spoke to him, like literally, like mm-hmm. over the phone, um, Friday because it was his birthday, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I spoke to him, and you know, we were just like talking about the future, but we also talked about the past a little bit. And we were like, yo, I vibe. With, he was like, yo, I vibe with you from the beginning because you saw me. And what I said to him from the beginning was, hey, bro, like I saw you got a book coming out. I want to commend you on your rollout because you you promote your book like you a rapper. Mm-hmm. And he was like, he said to me, yo. And, and that time I'm paraphrasing, but he was like, yo, I really appreciate you saying that because that's exactly what I'm trying to emulate. Every yeah. rapper is putting out an album. They're like, yo, this this is my best album. DJ Khaled, one of the best promoters we've ever on, seen. Now. And funny, right? Yeah. He's like, he's like, I always think my latest album is my best album because if it wasn't my best album, I wouldn't be doing this no more. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you you don't believe that, Khaled, because you know your new albums are not as good as your old. You know ones. your albums be trash, Khaled. <laughs> yeah. You always say. <laughs> but, Khaled, you got money to make. You got money to make. We feel you. Yeah. And and that, that that's my <laughs> thing. Like, you know, but the difference, the difference between me and Khaled, though, is our episodes are getting better every week. Yeah, yeah. What do you that you know, we got it. We're gonna get into that maybe on the Patreon. But yeah, like what is is it him that make make them feel that way? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Khaled usually has like this is my opinion, you know, three three to four good songs, and then we get 10 duds. You know, um, and I don't know if it's just because they're they don't like they don't mesh good or what. But like I said, we can say this for the Patreon. But yeah, like why wouldn't you scream your work? You know, you put the t- if, the if you put the proper time and the and the proper time, I think we always think length equals um, length equals um, uh, something better, right? Yeah. Um, if you put no, what I mean is if you put the time in to create something of value. How dare you not make sure um, that if you're creating it for consumption? Now, if it's, uh, and I think it's in this piece too, where they talk about like some people write stories just for themselves and the hope that, and the hope that, you know, the universal theme inside of this story may possibly reach someone. Nah, nah, I'm writing this story from me, right? But it ain't no possible. I won't. As many folks to read it and engage with it as possible, right? And we need to be honest about that, like you said. Walt, Mi- Walt Whitman. Walt Whitman, you're a wild boy. Walt Whitman's a wild boy, and it worked. Walt Whitman is in when I when I was when I was in undergrad for literature, that's all they talked about was leave was it leaves of grass. Walt Whitman, you a wild boy for that butterfly. A man put a butterfly on his hand, and it was cardboard. Uh, you know. <laughs> Yo, so you know you're you're. I don't say this enough, but you're not only the resident nonfiction person; you're also the resident poet. Oh, so I, I did not have any idea about that, but that was funny to me. And it worked. Walt is Man. like lauded. Yeah, <laughs> like lauded. One of the things that's cool about Walt is that he revised uh, that that leaves a grass piece like forever, his whole life. Yeah, uh, you I'm know about that. Yeah, yeah, but the public is a thick-skinned beast, and you have to keep whacking away at its hide to let it know you're there. Mm-hmm. Like that's a that's a bar wall. You were 
we still talk about you. Yeah. Now, um, and, and it's interesting because one of the more famous scenes, even in television, involves <laughs> like a copy of Leaves of Grass. It's uh, it's in Breaking Bad. I won't describe the scene because it's kind of mm-hmm. like a spoiler, but Leaves of Grass is is in it, and and it's just interesting that even in this really good piece um you know lisa grass or well not lisa grass but walt whitman uh you know makes up for it um and i also will even shout out here although this is about uh lauren um acampola's uh piece um i also shout out sadiq fafana Mm -hmm. um who recently put out uh stories from the tents downstairs um because he put out a piece a week earlier um about you know just shyness and overcoming it right um but and that that's the thing i will say so as much as i'm asking these questions like why can't the authors do this why can't the authors do that right i will commend them for doing the thing that they are nervous about doing being scared Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. quote unquote and leaning into it uh anyway right uh just because that that's that's something you should commend when you see people um who you know, doing that. a thing yes public speaking for example is one of the biggest fears mm-hmm. that humans have right yeah. like it, it's like for example it's easy for me and you to get up here right now and and do this pod yeah who's to say like if we you know are doing a live pod in a you know uh a venue and there's you know a few thousand people there that I might be a little nervous. You know, you might look mm-hmm. under my arms and you see, oh, damn, is he, did he just leave a pool? Yeah. You know, who's yeah. to say, right? So, um, you know, just big ups to them because even going to like fucking politics and pros in DC or going to the Strand, going to your local bookstore in, in Mississippi, that mm-hmm. might even be nerve wracking. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. But even though it's nerve wracking, if you are listening and you have a public platform that you would like books or pop culture on, and you have a, you know, you think that we, oh could, yeah, I, I feel like we could book a thousand. Like, give us that opportunity to sweat under our arms. We are yeah. here and we are hey. willing. Right I now, I'm Don't good, but, but look, <laughs> hey, give me the opportunity to get a little whatever. Yeah, yeah, that hey. would be dope. Like us sitting on stage, like eighty five South. You know what I'm saying? And doing, yeah. Yes, yes, you know, yes. get us a nice little couch, but I want mm-hmm. I want a sectional though. So let, yeah, we look, gotta just you know, if y'all want to give us a couch, give us a sectional. I think mm-hmm. a sectional would be dope because mm-hmm. like all of us could be situated on the couch. So let's say mm-hmm. you have Achilles and I, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have a guest. Yeah, and let's say the guest is you know Jasmine Chan. Yeah, yeah, you know, Jasmine Chan could like sit on the sectional with us. And we Hang can out, talk girl. about the school for good mothers live. Come on now, you know. So, just a thought, uh, promoters. Just wanted to put that out there. So, promoters <laughs> promote, and you should promote something good. This is good, so promote us. Easy money. <laughs> yeah. Speaking yeah. of, uh, you know, promoting and celebrating, man. Um, Alice Walker's The Color Purple is 40 years old now. Mm. Um, it is 40 years old, and there was a wonderful uh, piece written by Lorna Closile of Black Feminist Books on IG. Yeah, um, shout out. For, yes, big shouts. Um, it's for picturing 
blackhistory.org and in the in the piece is called remembering alice walker's the color purple right and uh alice walker's alice walker's act of generosity in writing the color purple forever revolutionized black women's literature i know another person another two people i could think of that are happy we're talking about the color purple or another three are honore jeffers Kiese mm-hmm. <laughs> layman and daniel black <laughs> right mm-hmm. among many other people um and even you because you were just at the uh mississippi book festival um, yeah yeah and 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 you were uh talking about uh the color purple yeah yeah yeah. the um this this piece really speaks to that um to that interview with alice walker because she talks specifically about the film we've heard this story um, we've heard this story kind of talked about in the way that this piece talks about it, but not from that, from that aesthetic of, uh, or that not from the angle of the book came out, but then when the movie came out, stuff hit the fan. Right. Yeah. I thought that was an interesting angle that this piece took. So shout out to her, um, uh, shout out to Lorna. Um, and Alice was saying, um, Miss, Miss Walker, uh, I don't, you know, I don't want to be Miss Walker course, was Walker. saying um, that she was she hated the movie right at first. She hated the movie at first. She, yeah, she's like I hated the movie. Um, she's like, you know, and I like to tell the truth. So I'm sitting in the room and I'm like, I'm like, I'm gonna tell this lady I hate this movie. This movie is terrible. Oprah is, oh, right. Um, she said she had the, and this is the thought process while she's having the private viewing, right? But then her family got to talking about it and she saw the effect that the movie had on her family and how it was leading folks back to the book. Um, and then she was like, okay, cool, cool. Right. But that she would have told this movie in a different way, but for the movie to have that effect was powerful and a testament to the power of the book, which is a, just a really, really good way of looking at it when you operate in a genre of entertainment that is all about the book was better all about the book was better you know it's people that is a thing you know the book was better for me you know i don't necessarily have that because sometimes i just be wanting to see the stuff come to life you know especially as someone who likes fantasy right so like children of blood and bone i don't give a throw a fireball i'm gonna be in the movie like oh Right, mm-hmm. I don't have that, but I know it's a thing, and, and, and of course, it's not wrong. Like a lot, the, the color purple, the book is better than the movie, right? And a lot of times, when folks say it, they're not wrong. But that was just a cool, a cool insight to have from the writer. Um, you know that the the power of the book was something that was really dope to her. I mean, the power yeah. of the movie on people. Yeah, yeah, no, and um, and I know I kind of like messed up saying like you you like you were talking about the color purple at the mississippi Fus- uh, oh, book yeah, festival no, me. uh I yeah it was. you it you were <laughs> being the question guy there um yeah, yeah, but yeah. i know it was supposed to be like kies it was kies yeah yeah kies might be a little young question guy too yeah, oh it yeah was, it was smooth look this, this is what he did so he was like um he was like, "This is the part where I'm supposed to like allow people uh, allow like uh, like questions from 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 outside, you know." And I have a bunch of questions that you know that you this like you would only ask if you had Alice walk in the room by herself. But I'm not gonna do that. But let's say that um, let's let's 
let's pretend like when I say Mississippi, I'm talking about me. So what is the future that you want for Mississippi? Right? <laughs> it was smooth. I'm I'm paraphrasing, but it was smooth. It was basically saying, what what do you want for me as a writer? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was smooth. Y'all gotta go watch that. Y'all gotta go watch that. It was dope. Shit, I would man, if I had the opportunity to speak to someone who wrote a masterpiece, I don't know. <laughs> what type of selfish should I be asking, man? So yes, I ain't uh I ain't mad at it, man. And I was just gonna say I opened my thing up with saying this is so great as someone who loves to like talk to authors about books. I'm not gonna ask any questions that you guys will want. This is all about me. <laughs> yeah, all about me, right? <laughs> and um, you know, one one thing I want to say, right, just about the color purple too, mm-hmm. and you you talked about this, so I'm I'm reiterating and adding. I didn't realize that the movie was the piece that made all the men mad. Mm-hmm. I thought it was the book. I did too. That's how it's always right? been told to us, right? At least that's how I felt when I hear yeah. that. And then, but that always fascinated me because I was like, "Did y'all read Gloria Naylor?" Because the women of Brewster Place wasn't flattering to black men. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they came out, I believe, around the same year. So mm-hmm. I was like, did y'all like like what what were y'all reading? You know, because because that's one thing, even, um, you know, not to like beat this dead horse or anything. But like even with the Simon Rushdie thing to learn that, like the 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 dude who did the, the stabbing. Right. And and they haven't proven that he did it mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. the fatwa. I mm-hmm. ain't trying to, you know, say no legal yeah. shit, but. He, when asked about had he read the satanic verses, they said he read two pages. And, you know, this is like lightweight spoiler here, but like in the color purple, if you read the beginning of it, you're going to see bad men. But if you keep reading, you're going to see evolved men, right? Like the grace that Mr. is given is like not bad. It's actually extremely generous mm-hmm. so it's keep like going. You're how, almost there. keep going how like what are y'all reading that's making y'all mad and even when you watch the movie what are you watching because even in the movie mr gets grace well i'm gonna tell you to answer your first question i ain't reading nothing you know, that's the 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 caveat here is we've been getting this from folks who are readers and so of course their circles when they did see the outrage, possibly, and y'all come correct us if we're wrong, right? Came from other folks who read. But if you're looking at the larger, the larger, there there are so many more folks who watch Harry Potter other than folks who read Harry Potter. So many other, there are way more people who watch Chronicles of Narnia than who read the series of the Chronicle of Narnia. There is probably even more people who watch Lord of the Rings than who actually read Tolkien, right? Because them some chubby joints. Um, there's Game of Thrones. I mean, I can keep going. It's not just fantasy. We, you know what I'm saying? And so, um, what did we read that talked about this? About the power of cinema on the mind. They were uh, like, you go into a dark room. It was like, even the concept of going to watch a movie is different than a book. You go into a dark room. It simulates dreaming. And then you watch and you leave out and you move. It was something we read recently for the show, if I is recall. It, is it uh Verdell? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think it yeah, is. That, that's, it is. that seems like yeah. something because yeah. I'm telling you, man. Miss Chloe, y'all, mm-hmm. y'all playing. Mm-hmm. 
that's that's why they weren't reading. Yeah, not not like that. I mean, people were reading. There was people who were reading, right? Yeah. But when a film comes out, folks go to see the film. That's a, that's the flip side of the the book is better, right? Because yeah. they hadn't read the book, and that's why we say that to them. Yeah, yeah. but you should really read the book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. And to be honest, bro, like, like in my personal experience of watching the color purple, mm-hmm. um, I was underwhelmed. And I know mm-hmm. that's probably like an unpopular opinion because I know so many people like it, but I, I was and probably still would be underwhelmed because I read the novel first. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and admittedly, I need to reread it because I I've grown to appreciate it more that I've spent time away from it. I feel like in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I was the person I was supposed to be when I was reading that book. Yeah, I think, I, was, I think, yeah. yeah, I think, I think the color purple deserves like me now versus like who I was in 2017. Um, but the movie still, and I think mm-hmm. I would even feel this way now just because I feel like it diminished Sealy in, in Shook's uh, mm-hmm. relationship. Yeah. Um, it, it just doesn't live up because the queerness, the queerness aspect is so important to the story. Mm-hmm. So and and I don't think the movie did a good job of like like showing that from from what I can recollect. So much thought went into that piece and yeah it's short but um I just like the fact that we get to celebrate these classic works that you know black women have been writing and it's just wild to even think like damn the color purple is 40 years old. Mm-hmm. Like we had a we had a point in life where we could say Beloved is 35 years old. You know? Like you you just you don't realize like yo as you getting older like these things you like are getting older too. So mm-hmm. we're just we just keep coming across celebration or we keep coming across moments to celebrate. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. uh these books. And I I, yeah. I like it. Yeah, I was just thinking, you know, Lorna um pat yourself on the back. You are doing like you two are doing ancestral work. I think this is important that we carry that on. These books deserve to live. This you we need to write another one when it turn a hundred. You know what I'm saying? I think we need to be at the forefront of that. Um, being we being black folk and folk who think themselves to be literary citizens. So if you white and you got love for it, you need to do the same work um, and ensuring that it continues on and in ensuring that books that do the same work that are coming up behind it that are taking on age do it and that's that is a part of being a good literary citizen so shout out to lorna for doing that work also i think um you know it's it's like i said it's just really important that we do that um and that we define how they are remembered um a lot of the a lot of the work that's surrounding alice walker's work um, in the literary world, you know, there seems to be a certain energy that that is attempting, right, uh, to derail that. And I just think it's important that we do that. We wrap all our folks up that's like that um, in love and in literary love, too, right? Like, talk about that, like that spiritual aspect, that moving um, aspect, you know, like all of that needs to be out. And we need to keep talking about it forever, forever, on into infinity because um, it's dope. So yeah, shout out man. to Lorna. Big up, big up, Lauren. I like that you said she's doing ancestral work too. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's not language I tend to use a lot, as you know. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but I, I I'm I'm with it though, and it is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the Brooklyn Public Library Book Prize, um, was just announced or the long list 
for fiction and nonfiction were recently announced for this prize. Before I even get into the books on the list, I actually want to talk about this little note they have on their website um, because I think this is interesting and I'd like to know your thoughts on it. I'm going to read verbatim too. Okay. The prize has a new name. This prize has always stood for breaking down barriers and honoring innovative and inventive books. Literary is a term that has come to represent an elitist view that may lead to missing out on some amazing titles. In light of this, we are proud to announce that the Brooklyn Public Library Literary Prize is now the Brooklyn Public Library Book Prize. We hope the new name removes the implication that librarians are arbiters of quality and taste and instead allows us to celebrate books that mean something to our community. To that, you say what, Akila Nazari? Hmm. What's wrong with librarians being arbiters of quality and taste? I, I hell, I care what Theo got to say. The, it, we call him Theo Three Star. Re, the, I don't know if this is the response you wanted, but I think it is. I'm judging by your face. No, but I don't, yeah, what, what? like who gives a fuck? Sometimes like we respect. just sometimes <laughs> we just do the most. Like right. I get, and then sometimes listen. Listen, sometimes we just do the most. I when I when I hear literary, I don't uh who who where was the where was the, did y'all receive a petition? Like, I mean, I and you know, even those are definitely always uh to be taken with a grain of salt. I because hell, if I ask you to sign something, most times folks are gonna sign something for you to get out their face. Um I just I don't know, guys. It's cool, it was cool. I, I'm sorry. It's just like, and and hey, on the flip side, Brooklyn Public Library Book Prize sounds a little, you know, like it had a little more. Eh. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, is literary elitist? Like, I'm I'm sorry. Like, I'm not even trying to. Please correct me and please comment on this. Like, if if it is. And I'm not taking it serious, but it's like I'm not intimidated by that word. Like I read books. I think this is something that Chanello brought up in the thing in the last one where we were talking about that we need to look at these folks as a business, right? I think that is something that they've been hiding behind. This idea that not, you know, not here. This is literature. Right? And I yeah. and I think maybe that's what they're speaking to, like that. But I don't I don't think I don't I think well, the work that we're doing is opening up literature so that people know that it, you know, it's not what they try to make it look like. And so let us do that work. Yeah. Don't, because we've always been here, everyone. And, I'm, and when I say we, I'm just saying like the common person has always had, um, you know, for the most part, an end to what is literary and what is literature. Now, I know you can go back way back when like only only monarchs were the ones reading, right? But even then, the story of the common man getting a hold of one of the monarch's books and reading it is also literature to me. Um, you know what I mean? When when the enslaved learn to read, despite right, despite um, the the powers that be, right, and then get gain access to this world that they had before they were the enslaved, because folks was reading back then. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like I just no, 
No, it was y'all too much. Yeah, man. It's just no one's even gonna scroll down that far <laughs> to even see the prize has a new name. Like... No one knows this happened. You're gonna and, have to and... tell us this every time. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just like and, and that's why, like, one thing, you know, we said this on the Patreon, and I'll say it here as well. Like, we ain't getting on here. And it, and if we if we do get on here and we ain't read something all the way, we're going to tell you we ain't read something all the way because we believe in the responsible distribution of information, right? Mm-hmm. And and I appreciate you saying nobody's even going to read that because what I tend to do is I might find these pieces on, like, Kirkus, the Ray Hub, Publishers Weekly, whatever, right? But I always click the link to the actual article mm-hmm. versus, like, doing the you know the the third party if you will mm-hmm. so yeah I, I went to the actual website and i saw that and i was like this is ridiculous mm-hmm. like i read it and i said this is ridiculous and shout outs to the brooklyn public library because i think it's really dope i one reason why i'm a fan of prizes yes i know that prizes just like all this other stuff has politics and you know this and that there's no way it, it's it's exempt from it Mm-hmm. The reason why I like them, though, is because it shines a light on literature. I mm-hmm. like prizes for that specifically. Yeah, absolutely. They they and and I think the more the merrier. Not only does it shine a light, but it rewards it financially. It funds the arts mm-hmm. and we need mm-hmm. arts funded. Yeah. Right. People need to be creative um, and people who are successfully creative need to continue creating. Mm hmm. Um, but yeah, that that name, <laughs> like there was nothing wrong with it, y'all. Yeah, man, and, it and if y'all like saw something that made y'all feel like the name need to change, so I recently put out this tweet where I'm like, it's awesome to be fully engrossed in that space where you're speaking thoughtfully, truthfully, and honestly. You'll never get there if you're always speaking to be agreed with. Hmm. This. The changing of the name of this prize is something that they're doing to be agreed with, but I don't think it's honest. It feels disingenuous. There was nothing wrong with the word literary there. And even if people thought there was something wrong with that word being there, that's their problem that they got to get over. Sometimes people just have to understand, like, some criticisms are, like, people kind of, like, working on internal issues. It's not a reflection of you for real you know mm-hmm. um anyway though the book oh go ahead what were you gonna say i was just gonna say why wouldn't we hope why why wouldn't librarians why wouldn't it be okay that librarians are the arbiters of quality right. and taste if they're surrounded by books i would i would hope that generally they, they're there because they read a lot of books and, and so because of that have developed a, a a a certain quality of taste that would you know, make me want to walk up to the desk and say, hey, have you read anything new? Can you point me in the direction of a good read to which librarians doing what librarians do? Kind of like we said, you know, editors edit, right? Librarians read and suggest, right? Yeah. I- and and and, <laughs> and also you shout out Theo. I'm going to shout out Shanika as well. Mm-hmm, you know, love mm-hmm. both of them. Shout out to the librarians. Mm-hmm. Um, but even still, even if the librarians are arbiters of taste, just like the New York Times, just like mm-hmm. Kirkus, just like Publishers Weekly, Washington Post, right? Mm-hmm. It's still on the reader to make their own decision. Yeah. If you're not reading a book because Ron Charles said the book ain't good, that's your problem. That's, that's you, not Ron Charles' problem. Like, 
if you're intimidated because the Brooklyn Public Library is calling their book a lit their prize a literary prize instead of a book prize, and you feel excluded. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I just don't understand it. Um, but anyway, um, some of the books that are like you know uh, listed right, um, some books that like stand out to me. I of course do the the fiction first. Um, I saw What Storm What Thunder by uh, Miriam Chancy. Um, which is a uh, novel about like uh, Haitians, like dealing with the aftermath of the earthquake, I believe from, mm-hmm. I think it was like 2010. Um, there's Olga Dodge Dreaming uh, by Social uh, Gonzalez. There's Sea of Tranquility, which is actually a novel I'm very interested in. And Emily St. John Mandel is actually an author whose work I'm just extremely interested in. You you familiar with the the... It was. It just got turned to a TV show. But are you familiar with the book Station Eleven? It came out in 2014. It's a TV show on HBO now. But basically, it's like dystopian, and mm. it follows like I think a troupe that does like Shakespeare plays. Yeah. Right. Um. And and I'm just. She has that. She had a book that came out of uh, called The Glass House, and I think 2019 or 2020. Um. And it's like she just has all these like interesting ideas. Yeah. This looks. And dope. it's like. I'm literary like sci-fi you know because mm-hmm. that that's the thing um I'm, I'm you've read uh have forgive me if i'm making this up haven't you read never let me go no you said you want to read never let me go mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah 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 but it's like literary sci-fi like how that is and i i, I want to read that too i haven't read it yet um and then even some some books uh i also mentioned lincoln highway by uh immortals because oh, i actually have read never let me go I, I was like let me google that no i got the other one what is it claire in the sun oh claire in the sun yeah. i'm tripping tripping yeah i had to write an essay on never let me go right yeah so you're familiar with the literary sci-fi mm-hmm. thing right and and then also with nonfiction, there's books like for example how the words pass shout to clint smith um there's the Trayvon Generation by Elizabeth Alexander. There's Invisible Child, which was on like a ton of uh, uh, like in the year list in 2021. Um, and then, ironically, perhaps there's a book called Tastemakers mm-hmm. on the list. Um, and then there's also like poetry. Have, so, for example, that's gonna uh, have punks. to come off of there. That's, right, because you know we don't we don't want to look like arbiters of taste. Here. Uh, it's gonna have and, to come off of there, guys. We're gonna have to. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and uh, there's also poetry books like Punks by John Keane and then The Hurting by uh, Ada Lamone. It looks like so, um, yeah, man. Shout out to the prizes, man. We try to, you know, cover them. I feel like it's been a while since we talked about a prize on here, so I gotta, mm-hmm. you know, look for them a little more, man. Um, uh, uh we're introducing a new segment, mm. uh, this week where we we know that uh, this comes out on Mondays. Right, and Monday is before Tuesday. Tuesday is the day when books come out. So what what we'll do each week is talk about an upcoming book that we just think is interesting because we all like books here. I think. Yeah, it's a thing. I know I do. Dude, you you like them too, right? So I don't I don't like to say that I like them. It's a little elitist. Oh yeah. Uh-oh. So yeah. yeah, you know, mm-hmm. but you know, books books come out well, every every Tuesday. Yeah. And you listen to this on Monday, ideally. So, um, Achille, I'll, I'll actually let you go first here, man. Um, what What's a book coming out on August 30th or later, I guess the week of August 30th, um, that you saw that looks a little interesting? 
Yeah, soul culture. Um, Black poets, books, and and questions that grew me up by Rimika Bingham Risher. Mm, um, if I said fire. that name wrong, you know, my apologies. But uh, Rimika interweaves personal essays and interviews she conducted over a decade with 10 distinguished Black poets, such as the amazing Lucille Clifton, Sonia Sanchez, Patricia Smith, to explore the impact of identity, joy, love, and history on the artistic process. Um, the uh, the essays included are uh, Black Women Revolution, like woo-o-o-o, mm -hmm. uh, Girls Loving Beyonce, of course, of and their course. names, of course. Right? Right, Theo? The Terror of Being Destroyed, Standing in the Shadows of Love, and Revision as a Labyrinth. Nice. Um, this just seems like a really good, like, like, you know, there are certain books you read and you be like, yo, when I read this, <laughs> mm -hmm. there's going to be one question that Reggie's going to throw that I'm just going <laughs> to slam across for, for Homer. Cause this is one of those books where you just bring up like a quote from Lucille Clifton that has mm -hmm. just fallen into the obscurity that just explains life, yeah. liberty, and, and justice for all, you know, like just that. And so I, I, I'm excited about that. I got, I might have to go pick that up. And the cover is hella dope. It's yes, a, it's a woman with an afro. Yeah, uh, and and said fro is coming over one eye like Aaliyah. You can't go wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we'll um we'll we'll put a link to to each book uh, we mentioned here, um just so you know you can um you can you know, look into it and see if you're interested yourself. Right, um, right. The the one that I have, and, and this is one we kind of like both had, mm -hmm. but you you found another one. This title um, Flames. Didn't, didn't nobody give a shit what happened to Carlotta? First off, <laughs> that, that book getting bought by the title alone. Off right? top. Off, off top. top. Like, even if I had never heard of James Hanahan, which I'm, I'm mm -hmm. familiar. Um, I had I was, I was buying it. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Didn't nobody give a shit about Carlotta. Right? Or, no. Didn't nobody give a shit what happened to Carlotta. So one, I know they talk like me because that's some shit I might say. Um, but just to like read a little bit of what it says here um, in, in front of me in this razor sharp and dangerously hilarious novel that, quote, hooks readers from the beginning, uh, according to Los Angeles Times, a trans woman reenters life on the outside after more than 20 years in a men's prison over one consequential Fourth of July weekend. From the author of Pin Faulkner Award winner, Delicious Food. So, yeah, that, that's what I was going to say. So, James Hanahan, this is his third novel, if I'm not mistaken. Um, his last novel, uh, 2015's Delicious Foods, won the Pin Faulkner Award and was lauded everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I remember reading a, a blurb from Roxane Gay, uh, or, or a review, actually, on Goodreads, where Roxane Gay was like, Oh, this book is gonna win some prizes, and it went on and it won the Penn Faulkner Award, right? Mm -hmm. So I just thought that was like so fascinating that Roxane Gay knew from the beginning, and part oh, of the God, reason yeah. why, right? Part of the reason why is because some of that book is narrated by crack, as in mm -hmm. crack, the drug, like crack cocaine is a narrator, right? Meaning crack cocaine tells the story to you. Scotty is crack's name. So I just am interested in like Carlotta's voice off top because, and I haven't read Delicious Foods yet, but I'm even interested in Scotty's voice, right? 
Like I, I like that James Hanahan seems to really like dive deep into these very interesting um, conceits and seems to create these very interesting voices. Cause I just, I just feel like this book is probably going to be funny. It's probably going to be sad. You know, it's probably going to have some good sentences. I, I, I did look through delicious quotes and one of the things, uh, delicious foods. And one of the things that it did that I like is that it doesn't have quotation marks. I love when books mm-hmm. don't have quotation marks for dialogue. And um, I wonder if he's going to do that again. Uh, so, yeah, I, I I have a good feeling about did nobody give a shit what happened to Carlotta? What would you what do you think perks like a, a Percocet? What do you think like Percocet's name is? Percocet's like, name is Wayne. Like it gotta have like a Troy, like like a really you know. You don't think its yeah. name is Wayne or Jeffrey? So <laughs> pleasure reading is another segment that we <laughs> wow. Wow, that was good there. That was that was wow. That was really really good there for so many reasons. Yes, yes, uh, yes, yes. Those are the names I misstepped. Really, really good stuff there. That's high quality content. I can't wait till you guys hear that one. Oh. <laughs> Wow, that was a good one there. <laughs> oh man, I don't know if I'll ever top that. <laughs> it was, and then this is why it's so good because you know, at first you were like Wayne, I was like, okay, nah, Troy. He was like, you don't think it would be Wayne or Jeffrey? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a guess. Oh my goodness, yeah, 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 just a guess. Oh, really man. good, really good, really good guess, though, really good. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. I should have yeah. put that at the top. Like, what's Perk's name? Oh my goodness. Oh man. Yeah, I gotta but, read James Hanaham just because of all of that. Yeah. But, woof. Yes, man. <laughs> so we uh we we read for work a lot, as yeah, y'all know. Yeah. Um, there's there's evidence called books of pop culture, um, whether that's Instagram Live, whether that's um, you know, our show. Um, you know, you see that we read for work a lot, but we also find time to read for pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we figure y'all might be interested in figuring out what what are they reading when they're not reading books for the show. Um, and you know, Achilles, I'll go to you again, man. What um, what what's your pleasure read right now, or or one of them? Because you know, we always read a bunch of shit. I am <sighs> in Invisible Man by Ralph Ellison. Already I don't got the think tabs I've... working too. Yeah, I don't think I've ever read it uh, in its entirety ever. Uh, I think I read like you know por- portions from it um, throughout school and stuff. So I'm reading that um, for one because I never read it. For two, it's influenced so many books I've read that I want to reread. One that I am going to reread, um, which is um, uh, "We Cast a Shadow," and so I just want to, you know, like you said this earlier about being a different person when you return back to the color purple. And so I want to be a different person when I return back to um, long division, when I return back to uh, we cast a shadow um, those two books specifically, because they're both doing some things that I want to do. Um, and so I was like, let me go ahead and start invisible man. I got a little breathing room. 
you know, because uh, it ain't no little, you know, it ain't no little, no little, no little baby. So I got a little breathing room where I can get into it. Um, yeah, so that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. You know, I'm also reading um, Inner Engineering by Sad Guru. Uh, I'm gonna drop that in the fundamentals. Uh, got that. This is this is this is just to what I be saying when I turn in terms of. I know that it is important that we talk about our music as entertainment because I know how influential it can be because it was influencing me. Um, but I also, too, listen to certain things because it influences me. And La Russell has always talked about Sadhguru's work. Um, and so I was like, let me go see who the hell is Sadhguru because he always be like saying the name. And um, I shared it with Soul, um, Sadhguru's like YouTube interviews and stuff. Uh, just on like thinking and thought and philosophy. And so I went and there I saw the book. So I grabbed that too. So I'm going to drop that in the fundamentals though. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to it already, man. And and I think it's, I think it's important in general, just to show that like we are reading on our own too. Mm -hmm. um, cause, cause it's, cause and, and that it's important for me, especially I even say, just because um, I've, I've had talks about mm -hmm. the fact that I was having trouble reconciling the fact that, yo, I have two different reading lives now. Mm -hmm. I, I thought it was all the same, but it's, it's not, you know, yeah. um, and 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 that's OK. And I think it's important for like folks who listen, who like aspire to kind of like just create something like this. Um, to know that, yo, you might have two different reading lives if you decide to do that. Um, yeah. Just like even these people we mentioned earlier, the the agents and the acquiring editors, mm -hmm. right, and and the people who read for prizes, right. You got work authors, hell, authors, because authors are always blurbing, right. That's yeah. that's yeah. work, reading, yeah. You know, yeah. That's mm -hmm. not you picking up a copy. You're not going to blurb, for example, uh, you know, um, William Melvin Kelly is a different drummer. Well, you might if you're Mateo because you fly like Mateo, that, yeah. you know. But most people, when they go visit an old book like that, they're not going to blurb it. They're just trying to read something that they heard is good that's old. Um, yeah. So it's just important to know and accept that these people in the book industry or trying to, like, do something bookish probably have two separate reading lives. Um, Sam Selvin, I came back to him. So as you mm -hmm. know... I am a big fan of The Housing Lark, which uh -huh. I read in 2020. And uh -huh. I finally thought to myself, and I was like, okay, when I'm reading for pleasure, I think I want to have a few short books on the list. Uh -huh. And this more than qualifies. This copy here, Lonely Londoners, is like 139 pages. Uh -huh. 139 pages. Um, so essentially what this is about, uh, for those who may not know, Lonely Londoner, the Lonely Londoners follows Moses Alota, I believe is how you pronounce that, or Alata. Um, and he basically is a, Trinidad, a Trinidadian immigrant who lives in the UK during the Windrush generation. Um, and he is somewhat of like an expert because he's been there for about 10 years. And he is showing like new Londoners around, right? New people are newly immigrated Londoners or Brits or whatever I should say um, from Trinidad, from Jamaica, from Nigeria, whatever the case may be. He's like a touch point. He's the main protagonist. If you want to say there's one 
but then there's like other people because Sam Selvin, the way he writes, at least from the two novels I've read, he does what's called vignettes. He doesn't have chapters or anything. It's the the entire books are vignettes. All you get are page breaks when it's time for yeah. something new, uh, yeah. which I think is interesting. He's also like quite funny, and he writes in what they call creolized uh, English, which is like a patois of sorts. Um, so yeah. yeah, it's even narrated, and it's narrated in that voice. So, so you know how in there I was watching God, right? Yeah. Uh, Zora, when she's writing in her narrative voice, it's like standard English, but when mm-hmm. the characters talk, it's like us, you know, it's AAE or whatever. Mm-hmm. But in this, the narrator speaks just like the characters, and, and it's an omniscient narrator. Mm. So I wonder what I wonder what uh, Moses McKenzie would create. After reading both that, like reading, which I, I'm sure he's read some Zora, of reading some Sam Selvin too, specifically yeah. Sam Selvin, when you're talking about the Patois, because of the conversation we were having yeah. about when you make a definitive decision, what that means for that, that language going forward as an author. That's, yeah, which I've always, uh, I just keep forgetting to buy that housing log every time I go like on the, on the internet. Um, but I, I'm going to remember because yeah. I remember to get the book that you always talk about that's your second book so go ahead and say your second book yeah and then yeah I'll monster in the out. middle by tiffany yannick so i started this probably a while back but i just realized like yo and i i forget who i was having the conversation with or maybe i was just thinking to myself but i was like you know i really fuck with caribbean literature yeah i think one thing about me in general that people might have figured from this show is that i try to just like when I say I read widely, I'm really reading widely. Like mm-hmm. I'm reading not only like other, you know, races and stuff like that, but even within blackness, I'm reading, you know, we, we talked to Moses, right? That's an example mm-hmm. of reading widely for us. We're African Americans mm-hmm. ultimately. Mm-hmm. Right. So even reading a black uh, British person is us branching out. It's different experiences despite the commonality. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tiffany Yannick is another Caribbean author, um, Virgin Islands. Um, I love, love, love Land of Love and Drowning. Shout out to Achilles, right? Um, And I got Monster in the Middle because, you know, of that. And Monster in the Middle is called a novel, but it's really a novel in stories. Tiffany Yannick even says it, if you look at her interviews. Um, And it's a love story. And... We all love love stories, whether we would admit it or not, because every story, I would argue every story is a love story. Right? You just got to figure out who's loving on who. Yeah. Or what someone is loving on. Um, Nonetheless, Monster Middle is my other thing. I probably read, I read some pages out of this yesterday. I'll probably read some more. And then I'm going to read some more of this uh, today. And then, you know, it's We Cast Shadow after that. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, we got to. We're in a good space right now. We're going we're gonna to kind of protect. We're going to also protect this little space so that we can make sure we're bringing you some pleasure reading uh, in, in between time in the meantime. So, yeah, yeah. And I, I agree with you to your point of reading widely also means reading widely throughout the diaspora. Um, you know, that's that, you know, even talking to Moses was different, right? You know, Moses is on there, you know, with the mind them. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, like I don't know who be a Reggie, you know, yeah. <laughs> like it was cool, yeah. Because I'll, I'll, yes. the, when you're talking about like the distance, but then the commonalities, I started understanding it throughout the conversation of where 
that was going, you know, and it's just cool. So yeah, reading wildly don't just mean, uh, you know, reading outside of your, your you know, your, your race or your or your current wheelhouse. Because some folks, there's some black folks who read a lot of white folks, right? Yeah. And so reading widely for them might be reading more black folks. There's some, you know, Latin Latinx folks who read a lot of black folks, you know. And so yeah, it doesn't just mean that. It can mean inside, outside, everywhere. We have made it to the end of the show, brother. Um, is there anything else we should say before we dip? I just see it. Yo, was the was that changing every time it was moving? Man, every time, man, every time. Because <sighs> now you know people need to know what we talking about when we talking about it, man. Yeah, you, you're not listen, man. It's we different. We, it, it's visual and audio over here. If you're watching your video, your 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 experience was enhanced, okay, mm -hmm. and it's gonna be enhanced. Yes, that's right. There's no one else to like visual and audio in the book world, Come man. Visual now. and audio show. Come on now, you know. And the reason why we say it's a show is mm -hmm. because this can be done mm -hmm. in other places. Like you know, how we talking about, like we're talking we about the promoters earlier. earlier. Yeah. Come on now, right? We talking to promoters earlier about putting us in mm -hmm. front of a couple thousand people. Mm -hmm. uh, hey, look. Well, some of y'all got them. Some of y'all got them media deals. We meet. This is media. Hey, look. NPR, iHeartRadio. Radio. What show y'all got talking about books? You know, we we a show that talk about books. So just oh. you know, something to consider. I'm trying to think. Is there anything I need to say before we dip? I think I might be good too. Yeah. Um. You know. Join the Patreon. I'll say that. Join the mm -hmm. Patreon because, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Jay-Z put a verse that a lot of people like, and we might mm -hmm. talk about that over there. Mm -hmm. You know, we we trying to keep no this. No one doesn't like it. You know, we we trying to keep this more bookish, but we talk about other stuff, too. So y'all might want to join that fellowship because we might do some more talking. Even more reason for you if you are connected to any of those media outlets. We also talk about other things. It's pop culture. We in. We tapped in. We are tapped in. Um, he is a killer Missouri. I'm Reggie Bailey. This has been episode 44 of Books of Pop Culture, and we will see you next time. Peace.